0: Hello ladies and gentlemen to episode 94 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with ARK Survival Evolved. I'm your host Shondi Knight, and with me this week is one other person here to offer the insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call our participant for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in ARK. Rico!
1: Hi, y'all? I'm uh, actually I actually have played Ark this week, so I'm not completely going to be useless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it Day. was only
1: like three, four hours, but still.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they is uh, still out and not available. He's off, out of the country, doing God knows what to God knows who. But yeah, uh, interesting week. This week, the mysterious countdown during the week of E3 finally ended, but. Rather than being the release date or trailer for Extinction, the Archaeology event was announced. A new section was added to the Code of Conduct regarding the small tribe servers. There is a new countdown on the official ARC website. Fortitude gets a rework, among other changes in the latest patch. And then we'll be providing you guys some information on looking for those fossil mounds. All this and more later on in this episode. But before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. I'm a freaking beast, says... I don't think the ramifications of limiting how many dino gates can be within a range has been fully realized. Consider the use as a border wall for bases as an example. Some logic needs to be introduced to limit the spam gates while not negatively affecting or read screwing the crap out of PvE as a whole. Given the fact that many people use dino gates as walls to keep wild stuff out of bases, whatever changes affect PvP usually screws PvE. Let's solve the gate foundation spam problem. Make gates snappable to other gates. Give newly placed structures a, an HP ramp up, period. 10% HP during first hour, then additional 10% per hour. And any unsnapped gates take two times damage. Problem mostly solved.
1: Well, I mean, it could work, but in... I've been of the opinion pretty much since the first time I ever saw someone use a gate wall.
0: That was stupid.
1: That, I mean, it yes, it works. But it was stupid, and ultimately even if it does take a great deal more time and effort an actual wall is still actually going to be better for one simple reason the holes people make will be smaller
0: yeah but you know he's talking about pve so it makes sense that they're going to do it for pve since there's no threat of somebody blowing up a, base, a hole in their base exactly yeah. So, I think the uh, ramping up period or building period for putting down a newly placed structure is interesting, you know. That would certainly shake things up for a PvP, especially when you got to replace structures that have been damaged or need to be replaced because they've been blown up during a fight. That wouldn't be able to happen really. Yeah, I mean, they
1: uh made a breach, that w- that would be it. Yeah, I, I just remember thinking back to some of the fights we've had where somebody had to where, you know, we had to assign someone to be on uh gate duty to throw something back up and I mean, there'd be no patch in those holes unless yeah. you actually could get a lull in combat.
0: Exactly. And even then
1: we're talking ten percent per hour, that uh they just have to keep coming back every half an hour and hammer the same spot. It it would change the mechanics of uh base breaching pretty heavily though.
0: Yeah. So A smaller group
1: would be able to do the same amount of damage by spacing their attack out.
0: Yep. So the the solution that needs to be considered and put into action isn't really to stop the usage of Dino Gates and Behemoth Gates as walls. It's to stop the the spamming of using them to block the enemy from getting to your base in the first place. And usually that's like 50 Dino Gates within a 20-foot area, for example. That's insane.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen some uh, pictures of bases where it looked like they had four to five rings of gates just layered one on top of uh, each other. And I've seen that done for, like, your actual main gate door to your to your dino pen. And in those situations, it's like, okay, I can see having multi doors. If anybody's ever worked uh, in a security uh, facility, (laughs) sometimes you do that. But to do it for a whole fence of gates that's just obviously not not how people build things it might be how you're allowed to in game but it it looks horrible it's obviously not something that was intended although they haven't fixed it and it's been a problem since pretty much day 1
0: oh yeah so uh, Kevin Nico Wolfboy also brought up PvE and uh, the reason they do what they do in terms of you know protecting areas is the same thing we would do on on most, uh, most alpha tribes will do on a pvp server is you know you pillar bomb certain areas that you don't want people to build into, block resources or you don't want them build in certain areas to block dino spawns you know things like that and he brought up all these preventing people to from chitin a giga or tighten to their base things like that and he goes on to say the reason for all these rules for the server that i was on people basically try to clump up onto your base to now you access to a path to get around exhaust most of the resources around that particular area that wouldn't respawn. Look at that particular YouTuber place and build the same place where they built, causing some spawns not to spawn, and locking it to themselves for weeks on in order to pester out the person that built their base there first. Though I think there are rules now, in effect, in the Code of Conduct regarding this kind of uh, behavior in PvE.
1: I think there are rules regarding uh, certain types of blocking, even on for official now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've I've been looking into one because... There's uh, the server I uh, went on with some uh, with some of the guys I started arc with well back in the day before they all, all quit and I started and I think started finding new people to play with. There's one guy on that server who's uh, basically server bombed the entire plains south of the green obelisk and I mean, I get why, if you're going to be building your base on an obelisk, you want to be able to see the enemy from far away, Mm -hmm. but I'm not even sure the dude's still playing on the server anymore, and uh, (laughs) I'd rather not have to clean that out myself if I want to keep playing there.
0: Yeah. Uh, He also went on to talk about uh, misconceptions, uh, which was one of the times we talked about last week's episode, and uh, said, uh, my miscommun... A misconception was more of the raw prime meat from the start. I quickly learned that it doesn't stack, and I was like, "That's dumb. You can hold 50 pounds of logs, but you can't stack raw prime meat." But I will have to say, this E3 was quite, uh, quite telling with the new Fallout 76 being R 2.0 when it comes to player bases. Yeah, I hate that you can't stack raw prime meat. I hate that so much.
1: Oh, on the private server I was running for a while, where we were, where you know, you'd harvest that much more if you had to fight an alpha. Mm-hmm. And I was on my Giga Meat running, one, one single Alpha, and I and I am now slot cap, all because <laughs> yeah, all, all because it, it uh, you know you, you get so much even even, even on uh, you know bog standard you you're still looking at with a good Giga, you know thirty to forty freaking pr- uh, Prime from just a Raptor.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Of course, by not letting it stack, it ensures that it all decays very quickly. If they allowed it to stack, it'd be like <laughs> everything else, where it's just the first one that then goes, and then you got the yeah. counter rolled over again. That's probably why it doesn't stack. Of course, It's it annoying, does. but it it isn't surprising. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: Still so hate it. Alright. Uh, Next Generation Gaming writes, interested on the egg thing. I wonder if opening a warning box upon trying to eat the eggs would help them. Fertilize only. Yes, it would have. It would have helped a lot of people if they had that put that in still, because people still make that mistake sometimes.
1: I, I forgot one of the things I should have mentioned la- uh, uh, last week. After you've gone through a, a a run of the Dragon Trench, and you're disposing of the crap eggs, mm-hmm. I've eaten some good eggs during that moment, because you're just going through and using the ones yep. that, are, that you, you have no interest in, and, I mean, it'd be annoying, but I wouldn't object to having to click it. Yes, I'm absolutely sure, after each one, even for the low-level ones, because... When you've been searching for, uh, you know, a 170 for the, uh, for the last week and you actually eat it, I mean, that's pretty much table flip time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also writes, uh, What was the thing Walker tried to do to prevent gate spam that everyone got upset about? I've been inactive from the game and forums and read it for a while because of school. So it wasn't a thing to uh, prevent gate spamming by itself, but more foundation bombing. And that was... um. An increased rate I get... Well, they didn't really actually say what their solution would be. Just that uh decay timers would be a lot shorter for these. I guess is all we got out of Wildcard before they put the kbosh on it. And then he went on to write, Luckily, I knew before I played that Narcos KO'd you, so I never ate them. Also, correction, 25 food per shroom, 4 fills of base fruit, 100 food bar. That is correct. It's been a while since I've eaten a shroom Alright, so let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. Uh, here's a suggestion from Raven's pet cat who writes, Gilly should make you invisible to Parasaur alarms. And he goes on to say, one of the most fun things in ARK is sneaking around and being stealthy around bases and people. Covertly entering a base through an unlocked door or lining grass stock in enemies is or lining grass stock enemies is so rewarding. Unfortunately, the new Parasaur detection ability has severely diminished being able to play stealthily. While I can see the benefits, good gameplay requires every tactic to have a counter-tactic. I suggest that ghillie Armor should make you invisible to Parasaurs. It would fit the Gilly's stealthy aesthetic, and ghillie and is supposed to give you limited stealth against d- Dino AI, so why not extend it against tamed Parasaurs? Gilly is a very neglected item And allowing it to counter Parasaur sentries Would give it a proper role in the meta I am all for this
1: I would say like half the Detection radius uh, for it Because like it uh, already halves The detection radius for turrets Uh And a few other player controlled items So just going with that That like the monkeys, the light pets And the Parasaur that all give Some form of alarm Against hostile, you know, nearby's Just half the uh, the radius. You've got to get up really close. The ghillie would still provide an advantage while not being, you know, perfect.
0: I I love the Parasaur. So, um, our Aberration base, which we've been uh, slowly abandoned because we, you know, merged with another tribe. So the base was being taken down. We were moving, we've been moving all our stuff, all our good dinos, all our gear and stuff out of these bases. And so one of our bases was being attacked. We had a Parasaur in the base and. I love that thing so much because it was constantly beeping and showing me with the red dots where the enemy was and I was just it was a sniper's paradise for me. I was just destroying everybody's flag and then killing them left and right because of that paraser just show me where they were all the time. I loved it. Um, any what would be better if I was using a tech helmet but since I didn't have to, I had the paraser for that so I didn't have to worry about having to repair or constantly repair my attack helmet. Ah, oh,
1: man. See, that that is it. actually that is actually pretty awesome. And it's also why I think, you know, a total invisibility would be a bit of overkill, but if the fact that the uh the people in Gilly could have gotten twice as close, Mhm. Yeah. That I would be
0: perfectly fine with that. Now, uh TDC Wolf says Please focus on adjusting Scorched Earth next patch. And he writes, "When you compare the two DLCs, Scorched Earth is a massive letdown. It is absolutely absolutely frustrating to live on with no extra game whatsoever. Wivens used to be the reason people would go to li- and live on as Scorched Earth, but now you can do so from the comfort of Ragnarok. Now we have Aberration. On Aberration, you can pretty safely, pretty much safely farm slot caps of polymer, metal, and many other materials in there in mere minutes." The danger of the map wears off once you've understood the mechanics or found the right areas. Reaper Kings are one of the new PvP metas. Uh, Gliders, climb picks, charge batteries, both of which are new and exciting gameplay enhancers or changes. Only craftable if you have aberration. Scorched Earth, you ask? You're almost always dehydrated. Your generators go down during storms. Your generators are destroyed to the heat wind in like 8 to 12 hours. Plan X are practically unplaceable. 75 to 80% of the map is deadly as all get out. Spoil timers are nuts. Most importantly, there is no real benefit to playing on scorched earth. Again, it used to be wyverns and rock golems, and since they had noticed how messed up it was to allow a free map to offer them as well, it's now supposed to be phoenixes. So, can you guys take a look at the map again for all the people who probably regret purchasing it? I'm definitely one considering a large majority of it is available on Ragnarok for free. The pros come nowhere near the cons of living on Scorched Earth, plain and simple. It needs a major overhaul before the Extinction Train rolls into town. Let's also keep in mind that Scorched Earth was the DLC that baited or bailed Wildcard out of a massive lawsuit and Early Access.
1: I'm not so sure about that last sentence there was uh, a lot going on in the background on there and technically speaking Scorched Earth was uh, slated for release on this particular day before the lawsuit was filed and Mm. it was released on that day despite the lawsuit being filed so um, I'm No the
0: lawsuit went through before Scorched Earth came out well before Scorched Earth came out
1: Um, Well point stands that uh, that Scorched Earth was already on the docket
0: Before uh, before the lawsuit was was resolved. We already knew that DLCs were going to be coming in in for this game. It's just no one expected them to be, you know, greedy enough to put one out during the early access phase.
1: I, I know we talked about this in one of the or, or one of the earlier podcasts. I want to say it was somewhere before like episode 25 even. But mm-hmm. uh, we uh, one of my friends had sent me access uh, to a data dump that had uh, been the actual leak that included a release schedule including one particular uh, file that we uh, that had a... it was still operating under a, a pre-sale name but it was how we knew that Scorched Earth had been slated for release on a particular day long before uh, any of us thought it should have been released. That's why we kind of dismissed it at first until Mm -hmm. they actually announced, yes, we will be releasing a DLC while we're still in early access. Yeah. So, but other than that, I largely agree with him. And he, he neglected to mention something that's even worse about Scorched Earth. All of the creatures that are on it, even the rock golems and wyverns, which it's a little easier to get your hands on uh, rock golems and wyverns on uh, scorched earth than it is on uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So that's you could say that's a thing. But Ragnarok's keyed for much higher level, and scorched earth is actually keyed for lower level. The only real advantage scorched has is actually no, I can't even say the deep desert drops because those are in <laughs> uh, th- those are on rag now, and there's a limited. Uh, and if you memorize the spawn locations. On RAG, there's only four spawn locations that spawn the same number of times per day as the, what was it, eight or nine spawn locations on uh, Scorched?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: So... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scorched, really, realistically speaking, there's nothing uh, about Scorched that would incline someone to play there over Ragnarok other than the fact that it might be easier to avoid... uh, The Alpha Wars on Scorched, since nobody's there. Oh
0: no! Good point. The
1: the, the, the Alphas, a lot of Alphas, will use a Scorched server because it's abandoned as their backup, uh, as a backup base and storage facility. And Raiders
0: love going to Scorched Earths
1: because it's hard to defend there. So Mm. yeah, there's there's nothing, no advantage I can see to being on Scorched, and a lot of downside. Yeah. I mean, unless you like the aesthetic of Scorched, that's about the only thing.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, shortly after Aberration launch. And we talked and criticized Scorched Earth because there was really, really, no reason to play for it. Except for Phoenixes, if you really wanted a Phoenix, you could only get them on Scorched Earth. And it always bogged my mind that they took the stuff that was exclusive to Scorched Earth and then put them on a public map like Ragnarok for everyone to get, rather than forcing them to buy Scorched Earth and play on Scorched Earth to get this stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, and I mean, even when you're going to... Even if you're not planning to stay there, you just want to unlock, say, the Engrams or something. Mm-hmm. I, I can go to... Uh, uh, I'll just go to Ragnarok. And there's something that most people don't know, but I'd have to look up the exact location of it again. But there are several Scorched Earth uh, assets, uh, specifically uh, some of the materials you need for crafting mm-hmm. there's a particular place on Aberration where you can actually find several of them <laughs> specifically uh, I believe it's sulfur and uh, I can't remember what, what the other one that's there is salt? But, uh, salt and there. I know you could if you could, if you learn where this place is you can, you can make sap? fire arrows so, oh yeah. okay gotcha. so uh <laughs> yeah wait you need sap right yeah I think it's cactus uh, uh, sap okay now it's just this one particular place. I've only uh I, I have actually seen it, so I know it's there, so
0: Yeah. So uh in the comment section for this particular Reddit thread, uh Boo's Horse said, it also needs a bloody ascension mechanic and cutscene. It's a canon map. It has no tech presence like the tech cave or an overseer fight or an ending cutscene showing you going from Scorched earth to aberration as is Canon. For the love of God! I'm excited for Extinction as anyone, but please complete the story before it! Uh, to this Wildcard, Chris did reply, saying, We're in the early stages of deciding what to do here. Thanks for the feedback.
1: That is the the best non-answer ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Wildcard knows that they've kind of screwed up with the Scorched Earth because they didn't continue to work on it and have it made with canon because you do ascend in order from to go from Scorched Earth to aberration in the lore. So let's move on. Mini Zimmer writes, Ark has the most and best most and he puts best in grief in quotations griefers of any game i've played and writes i have never played a game with players so determined to put in so much effort to grief as much as in arc personally i don't mind as it is fun fighting them but do others agree you know apparently he's not he's pretty new to uh multiplayer gaming in general
1: i would actually say that this game does have its uh it is somewhat unique in the sheer level of bloody-minded uh, mm-hmm. determination yes. the griefers have. I mean, think about uh, think about our good old friend Hitler. That is just the weirdest thing to say ever. Uh, <laughs> citizen, I'm He's, just gonna call him by his Let me just by name. It'll it'll just be easier. Hold on,
0: and by friend, that's in quotations,
1: people but actually technically speaking after he stopped uh griefing and uh he and i started talking and i mean it, the hitler thing was just a persona he did well while, while uh, grieving that was, i know i know he, he was a jack <laughs> him and his bro- uh, brother and his cousin i think it was uh, all did that um the by the way rico being...
0: and hitler are friends confirmed
1: yes well as i said i'm just gonna start using his uh steam name because it's awkward <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but uh citizen was actually was actually pretty cool and he ended, he explained to me what the what the appeal of it was. It was literally small unit tactics. It was screwing with the enemy, watching them, uh, watching their brain explode. It was literally about tormenting people. Yep. And this is something that came up. Uh, you can see with a lot of the other griefers. It's why some people criticize Ark as a psychopath simulator. Mm-hmm. It, it it almost draws out the worst instinct to be nasty out of people.
0: Well, we see this with uh, a game like Eve Online as well, where the stakes are very high.
1: Yeah, but Yeah, on Eve, you do not go out unless there's there. Uh, you do not hit someone unless there's money to be made. Right. Because it is going to cost you way. It, it's a big investment to go on a bit uh, to go on a hit. The same thing with uh, uh, whereas a game like Rust, it's all about just constantly hitting each other back and forth. Right. But there's, they don't. They don't
0: have as much in the way investment. Of, to lose an investment exactly. as art does
1: yeah so without that, there's this massive investment and it's so easy to take away from people that if you're the kind of person that enjoys poking at other people it's this is easy the game for you <laughs> and there's if it was slightly more costly or risky but the fact is a bunch of naked people can severely mess with with an alpha tribe On this game, you don't even have to be particularly high level. You get yourself Mm -hmm. a club, you make sure you're fast, and you make sure your character blends in with a knight. Yep.
0: All right. Uh, Let's move on. So we know, or we heard, that uh, PPG got inside. They lost everything. And on Reddit, one person named Sporadic Jesus wrote, I hate PPG, but what the hell? Apparently the devs were messaged to try and stop it and said they do not care. The leader of the tribe was found on the servers, knocked out and handcuffed. One of the admins demoted and booted everyone from the tribe and invited other tribes to pillage. Devs were messaged to wake up and allow shales to boot the insiders and were denied. Now I get it, my 20- to 30-man tribe was inside. Who cares? But this was a big tribe. Eh, unfortunately, it's part of the game and why the admins should be brought in to deal with it, I don't get.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm, it, it's... uh I'll be the first to admit, uh, inside being inside it sucks, but, uh, I'll also be the first to admit, I, I did not shy away from using that as a tactic. Mm-hmm. If you could turn someone on the inside or you can get someone on the inside, it's a massive advantage.
0: Indeed. Okay. Well then, let's move on. So, Community Crunch 135 came out this week. We've got a code of conduct change, and this is in regard to the small tribe servers, and these are the specific rules for small tribe servers. 1. No teaming. To maintain the intent and spirit of the small tribe servers, players are not permitted to, perf- to form informal alliances between tribes. This includes things such as joint raids against one or more tribes, sharing tame breeding lines between tribes, sharing tames between tribes, moving characters back and forth between multiple tribes, and then do not attempt to circumvent the six tri- the six-member limit.
1: You know, huh. I, I understand all the things that they said. Um, how are they going to enforce this? I don't
0: know. How,
1: how are you going to prove the difference between? Uh, let, let's say, you know, you, you create a, a tribe name of your own and you attack someone at the same time. Another tribe you don't like is attacking. You get video proof that, uh, oh, there's two tribes attacking the same one together at the same time. Yep. That's hmm. going to happen. And how the heck are the devs going to tell the difference between that and an actual pair of tribes allying up? Um, How are they going to tell the difference between sharing a a, ta- uh, a taming breed and trading a dinosaur?
0: I'm sure there's some metadata for that stuff that they could track, but let's be honest, they're not going to be taking Character the time to look into that. Character
1: lost problem. I don't think they know how to access their own metadata.
0: <laughs> but even if they could, they won't. They really
1: won't. So, ultimately, I just... I don't see how they're going to enforce these rules in anything that resembles a fair method.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach all this. Uh, they also made a, an announcement that Arc Mobile released officially, so whatever. They talked about the upcoming structure changes that they canceled, which we already talked about in last week's and read the um, same post that Jat posted up last week. So we're not going to go over that. They launched more small tribe servers, and then a quick mention about the countdown at the time. So that was it for Community Crunch 130. Oh, Great Migration number three. Last reminder, which is happening uh, June 12th. Uh, yep, yeah, pretty much it. Uh, the Evolution event, which is happening to this weekend as we're recording. But let's talk about that timer. So. There was a countdown going down for, what, two weeks prior to E3, and uh, during the e- week of E3 was when it was going to end. We um, logically assumed it would be information or a release date for Extinction or even a trailer for Extinction. Uh, we knew that they had some events going planned for June. We, I personally didn't think it would be a countdown for an event which it happened to be, and that was the Archaeology event, and they wrote in their official announcement saying, A short while ago, we announced a special countdown timer that was featured on the front page of our forums, counting down to our reveal, and today is that day. We are very excited to announce we are launching a new in-game event, Archaeology! The event, will run begin- the event will run beginning today on all platforms until July 15th. As you traverse along the ground on any of the maps of the island, the center, Ragnarok, Aberration, of Scorched Earth, you will come across fossil mounds, which you're able to excavate. Inside the mounds, you'll find a few bones, and if you're lucky, you'll even find extra loot inside of one, as signified by a special particle effect. After you collect enough bones, you'll be able to craft several skins with the use of a cooking pot. Uh, There will be four brand new skins to collect. The Brachiosaurus, which will be a Bronto skin. The Stygimaloc, it will be a Pachy costume. Uh, The Styricosaurus, which will be a trike costume. And then there will be a Dillo mask for a hat skin. And then the Bone costumes are making a return as well. Yay! Mm-hmm. However, the archaeology event also brings with it a, b- a bionic battle beast, the Tech Rex, for survivors to tame, ride, and breed. The Tech Rex is, as the name implies, a rare, specially armored wild T Rex that can achieve a higher level than its standard brethren. Previously isolated to just a cosmetic skin, these wild creatures will be roaming the arcs on maps where normal rexes are present and are yours for the farming or for the taming if you can handle it. During this event, all wild dinos have a chance to spawn with addition, additional mutation colors, white, yellow, gray, and black.
1: Well, that's certainly uh, going to cause a new uh, mass hunt for the wild uh, mutates. Yep. And I, I just I just got to wonder, are the, when the consoles finally see this in like three months, or are they going to get tech versions of all the other bionic skins they get that us on PC have never seen?
0: <laughs> so... This, this is my theory, with the, the tech wrecks being put into the the game for this event that we can tame. Not to mention it's going to have higher levels than the regular wrecks in the maps. Could this be what we're going to see on the extinction maps, just Bion or tech dinos, I guess is what they'd be calling them. Like we have on Aberration, we have the Aberration dinos or the Aberrant dinos. Well extinction mean tech dinos?
1: Uh, it'd be weird to see how they integrated that, considering what we what little we have seen of uh, the Earth, where we're going to be in extinction, uh, mm-hmm. looks more like a post-apocalyptic wasteland than well, okay, a post-apocalyptic wasteland that's on fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it might be interesting to see, considering how uh, some of my new theories about how the arc tech works. It, it it could be believable to me if we started if uh, you know like some of the machinery just would randomly grab dinosaurs, shove bionic parts on them, and then chuck them back out into the wild. So you've got these, you know, weird cyborgs wandering around. Yeah, could be interesting, uh, but to have them be a full, full like full tech critter, that'd just be odd.
0: I mean, that's what essentially this uh, Rex is—is fully tech or fully mechanical. Uh, from what I can see, it doesn't make any sense in the game, but here it is. Although
1: I just had a thought run through my uh, through my head from a story perspective, it makes no sense to have a, to have an arc on the Earth if it's supposed to be uh, when all the rest are in space. But a prototype down there makes sense. And when they were making the dinosaurs, they could have built robotic ones first, mm-hmm. and to test out the uh, way they were going to program up the dinosaurs. Because frankly, and uh, we know from lore from uh, Helena's. Uh, lore notes, the dinosaurs do not act like wild animals. Yeah. So I could see the logic of having the, these robots that are wandering around having a taming mechanic. It, it's just <laughs> weird to think that we might be dealing with that in that situation would mean basically we're dealing with the prototypes that have been let loose on Earth. And that just makes my brain hurt. It'd be cool. So I bet they won't do it.
0: And uh, my guess is we're gonna find uh, Optimus Primal sleeping, wandering, ready to wake up and become a. What did he become in the? An ape or a gorilla?
1: Yeah, he was a gorilla. Huh. I had all three versions of uh, him from the uh, from the TV show when I was younger. <laughs> the second form that could turn that his legs could turn into a surfboard was just yep. awesome to me for some reason. <laughs>
0: So uh, once the countdown was ended, a new countdown begin, began on the website. And according to Jad, once it hits zero, we, are, we should expect to learn a lot more about their third expansion pack, including a release date. Yay! <laughs> but I think that's kind of soured the community for the most part. Well, except for uh, this guy named Oblivionis, who writes, This community disappoints me. I have never in my life of gaming encountered a community so entitled as the odd community. This isn't a subscription-based game, though with the amount of time people put into it, it could be easily. And yet all I see are people constantly complaining and moaning that updates or events are underwhelming. Wildcard tries to do something fun, and everyone just takes a huge crap on them. Fixing bugs and glitches would be nice, obviously, but barring those things, the devs owe you nothing.
1: Okay, from a strictly ideological standpoint, he, he is right. We paid, for the, uh, we paid for the game as we paid for it. With a promise that included the caveat, promise might not be kept. Yep. So, he's got something of a point. But um, just because I willingly paid for a product does not negate my ability to <laughs> about it sucking. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm allowed to complain about the piece of crap I got, even if I got it for cheap.
0: See, so my, my problem isn't that uh, they released a new event for the game. It's how they did it is the big problem. They put up a countdown timer that would end during the week of E3 when all these big announcements would be made. So the obvious idea would be that it was going to be about extinction, not a countdown to an event that they should have not even had to bother with the countdown. Just give us a release date and say, this, we've got an event coming out. You guys are going to enjoy it, or we hope you'll enjoy it and have fun. No, they went with a countdown event, and usually those tend to mean something significant. In terms of significance, uh, this archaeology event is not that significant. It's just an event, though. Uh, according to Walker Chris, people need to look a little deeper with this event. And uh, oh, I need a winky face. Which was yeah, really I'm, sure gonna kind of the, uh, I'm sure there's
1: going to be some kind. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of lore notes or something that you could unlock if you jump yeah, through all the right are. hoops that tell you something about. Uh, something vague that you won't understand and won't really do anything more than give you more questions about, uh, about, uh, extinction.
0: Mm-hmm. So there are three New Explorer notes. They're under, so, and, um, let's see, it's already up on the wiki, wiki. Uh, it doesn't say who wrote them, but number one is found on the island, which reads, Hello, I'm so glad that I can speak to you. I've been waiting and waiting, always waiting for something, but now I can wait for one less thing. That is to say, you. You're the thing. Yes, I mean you. You specifically. You're the one I'm talking to, and I don't mean that in a general sense. These thoughts aren't a guess. I didn't just let them floater out into the world hoping that they would find someone. They are calculated. Exact. You are not the only one who will hear them, but all who do are meant to. These words are for you and all your kin. Those who awoke upon an island in the sky, whether you will heed them or not, that is harder to know. And then the second um, explorer note is found on Scorched Earth. And this reads, Everything is finite. If your vision is long enough, planets, species, even this universe we occupy. All of it has a limit, an end. You are approaching one right now. Don't think of it as sand falling to the bottom of an hourglass, but the hourglass fading away completely. It can't be flipped around or reconstructed. It's irreversible, permanent. If you want to stop it, you need to hurry. That's not to belittle you. You've been doing great, really. All of you. Most of you. The ones getting eaten alive right now could be better, objectively speaking. The rest, though? Great! You've advanced so far. Some through kindness, others cruelty, but both are aspects of humanity. Both are needed here on the brink, in the shadow of extinction. More than that, you'll need each other. You'll need help. And then obviously the third explorer note is found on Aberration and reads, Some of you have formed strong bonds with others. You are connected not through blood, but shared experience. Mutual struggle. Lean on those people. Carry each other forward. That is your strength as a race. It's what will save you. Even those of you who are alone are helped by others. Time and space are not hard limitations in such matters. They are more fluid concepts than you might imagine. More on that later. Or earlier. Sorry, it's hard to remember. To the point, those who came before or after, they are all helping you even those in the same time, but a different place. All of you are part of a shared equation, the answer of which will determine whether this is an end or a beginning, and I will help you too. My influence is methodical, indirect, yet when you fall from the sky, I will be there, watching, waiting. You know, that's the kind of
1: thing that when you're really, really high, sounds really, really (laughs) profound, and then you sober up and go, that meant nothing. (laughs) Some of that stuff sounds like it connects directly to some of uh, some of the various theories I, uh, I've had. I mean, the whole thing about time. Well, we, we already know that the uh, survivors are basically just clones uh, of, are, are, you know, drawn out of these giant clone vats underneath the, uh, the arcs, presumably uploaded with a memory set that uh, corresponds to some era of history. Mm including what from our perspective outside of the game is the future. So, I mean, everything said there seems to conform to certain aspects of modern lore. Yeah, it kind of goes back to uh to one of my theories that even though certain things seem like they're going wrong, they're yeah. not. Everything's still going according to plan. Because <laughs> we know whoever built uh, we know the people that built the ark were the Homo Deus and that they are extinct. Yeah. And at current, they still uh, the the ark regards Homo sapiens as being extinct. So, or the hominids were going extinct. Point is, this this sounds really awesome, but ultimately, I have had those kind of profound seeming rambles while high before. So, <laughs> still, who knows?
0: i will have to wait and see. Although. The falling well, this... from the
1: sky thing oh, it just reinforces my, my statement of, yep, yeah, next one's on Earth. Yep. <laughs>
0: so we'll wait and see, although I don't know if this is what Guard Chris meant by dig deeper. This is all he meant, and it's like, eh, okay. Intriguing, but meh. All right. Uh, let's move on to patch nodes. We are currently on version 2.80.114, uh, which we saw the archaeology event released though the event is not available in Primitive Plus, and uh, pretty sure a lot of uh, feathers were ruffled for people who play on those maps, especially when they're still having a lot of issues with Primitive Plus. So uh, there was a Fortitude rework. This means the threshold for being knocked out increases with Fortitude increases, finally. Oh, yeah. And then increased natural insulation from Fortitude by 8%. So they increased that per gain. So now there's a decent reason to scale into Fortitude if you plan to be on the ground doing the ground pounding and uh, hitting people over the club and getting clubbed yourself. Uh, the small tribe server rule changes, but they also added one-day cooldown on tribe slot reuse, disabled dino unclaiming, and disabled non-tribe pin code access to structures.
1: Oh, that's how they're uh, avoiding trade, uh, uh, worrying about the whole trade thing and I mentioned. That.
0: Yep. The Tech Rex. 5% of wild Rex bonds are Tex Rexes. 20% higher wild level, and then a new breeding line, because you'll be able to breed these Tech Rexes. So 20% higher wild level, so what is that? 15? That's another 30 levels?
1: Yeah, and I have just looked at the picture of the Tech Rex. It is not the Bionic costume.
0: No. It looks similar.
1: Only in the fact that it's made out of metal. Yeah. It looks like it has a some kind of mad, a massive emitter in its mouth. That's just weird.
0: But here's the thing: thirty extra levels. That's a huge increase, and in a big uh, gives a big priority to every tribe out there that you know thrives on PvP. They've got to focus on getting these Tech and a line going.
1: And if you have multiple servers to claim, you're going to be able to, uh, and enough guys, you're going to have the advantage there.
0: Yep. Then they reduced the tech tapujero saddle range by seventy five percent. I think I, I'd say that's really overkill. Yeah that, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, fix for server performance in certain situations, many hole fixes across all maps, Ragnarok optimizations, rendering fixes, fix emissive when moving the camera, fix for ambient occlusion re- rendering issue, plus one player level, now one thirty-one.
1: They're going to have, I'm bet, uh, I'm betting uh, the final upgrade from Extinction will allow you to go to 150.
0: Yeah, probably. And then uh, they ended it, the patch notes by saying, be on the look lookout for hidden mysteries. Yeah. Um, I That's think one of the vague. other things for the archaeology um, event is that there was a little map with three red X's on the island. And people were trying to figure out what that could mean as well. Uh, once we find out more, we'll talk about it next
1: week's episode and or whatever. It means, Please stand here. There. The orbital cannon is now acquiring targets. <laughs>
0: well, it is now time to dig for fossilized bits of chat as we plow our way through the mounds that have suddenly appeared on arc Avenue.
1: That one gave me a bit of a groan. Good. I- I I'm for
0: <laughs> so uh, this information comes courtesy of Dwarf underscore Mods, who uh, posted this up on the Reddit forum saying fossil piles, how they work. And he writes, I've been playtesting the fossil piles, and here's what we know so far. They spawn every 50 to 70 seconds, roughly a minute each. They rise out of the ground near your feet. You can't fly over the map to look for them. You have to be on the ground. They will not spawn if they are within 10 to 11 foundations of your own fossil piles, as seen below. If you stand next to your pile for more than 50 to 70 seconds, a new one will spawn once you get 10 to 11 foundations away from it. They have a chance to spawn with a red glow. Those piles will have a lot more bones, 25 to 50-ish, and loot. Examples, Journeyman Giga Saddle, Apprentice Plesi Platform Saddle, Riot Armor, etc. Happy hunting! that was helpful. Uh, Yeah, so... There's your tips for uh, the fossil piles, people. Collect them as much as you can. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be doing so, especially since it seems like they, they're like the uh, deep sea crate drops in, what they, uh, in the loot they give. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely worth the time uh, to see what you'll get. But remember, you got to be on the ground. You can't be flying around looking for these mounds. They only spawn if your feet are on the ground
1: wonder if that includes, uh, fo- uh, dinosaurs on, on the ground.
0: Mm, that's a good question. I would well, assume I,
1: I so. mean, here's the th- I mean, for me, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, going around with some guys on the low levels, and, uh, being on the ground, like, in what used to be the easy areas, is, is not easy anymore. It's not even, so many alphas, so many alpha predators. Yeah. <laughs> Took me half an hour to get back to my boat. God, I kept getting killed by the uh, by one of several raptors. <laughs> it's like, oh and- hey, it's back, Al. Oh, well, no, that was a different one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the mounds they'll spawn on any kind of ground type, not just sand. So be where be aware of that as you're traversing the island or whatever map you play on. So remember that. Keep an eye out. Hopefully, you guys get lucky with what you find. All right, so. It is now time to close out episode 94 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, or thank you to our participant this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivor.